Thank you for joining our podcast. This is Shannon from Strategic Intervention Solutions. This is part two of my story. As I hone my craft of professional development, the strategic lens that I used in special education has continued to be my guide. However, instead of peeling back the layers of students, I wanted to transition to more of a systems approach where I could help peel back the layers of the whole school to figure out why they were struggling in various areas, various areas like numeracy development or solving word problems. Though I began my consultant career by focusing on preventing early learning failure and looking at the whole child, such as visual motor integration, ADHD and sensory integration, fine and gross motor development, and even reading sessions, I found that I needed to narrow my focus. I couldn't be an expert in all of these areas in all the different grade levels. Math emerged as the subject in which there was a great need for professional development. I still do some of the ADHD sessions for staff development for educator conferences, and we have a few motor development sessions on our website that I do for schools, but I really wanted to shift and become more of an expert in one area of math. My approach as a presenter was very influenced by my experience with professional development as a teacher. Many of you might be able to identify. The presenter has a whole host of great ideas, but you keep asking yourself, has this person actually taught in the classroom? How are these ideas actually going to work with kids who are really low and don't always get it when I teach it. I never wanted to stand in front of a room, quote unquote, delivering professional development. I wanted to get into classrooms so that you wouldn't just hear us talk about these great ideas, but you could actually see them in action and see how they worked with your students. Every classroom that I go in is different. So every implementation problem process really needs to be different too. And I wanted teachers to see that the ideas and strategies we were presenting on had been tried and true and had been successfully implemented before with all kinds of kids, whether in a more at-risk or a more affluent situation. With this in mind, I realized the one-and-done workshops were not the right avenue for me. I didn't want to go to a district, do a six-hour training on model drawings, wish the teachers luck, and then head home. Teachers are already so bombarded with all different ideas and though they have the best intentions to implement them they get overwhelmed and their strategies just end up sitting on a shelf collecting dust but I thought that if someone were there to take that new strategy and implement it over time we'd have much more successful implementation this thought was solidified by the work that I did at our ISD in a TIPM program where we were able to work with teachers through Title I monies. Teachers met with us in grade band cohorts with K2, 3, 5. There was a middle school group and even a high school group. They would come about once a month to learn about a topic. If they needed manipulatives, we would supply them. And then there would be a coaching component. The coaches would go on site to the different schools to help with the implementation in the teacher's classroom. And they would debrief in an after-school collegial meeting about struggling struggling issues they were having or lessons learned. Sometimes schools would be able to send multiple teachers per grade, but usually it was one representative from a grade that was really benefiting from the project. At the time, I was a presenter on the project, and I worked really close with the coaches and was able to see the change that was taking place in teachers that were participating. They were really becoming more specialized in their craft, but then, because they were representative for their grade level, they had to go back and try to teach everything that they just learned to the rest of their colleagues. The result was piecemeal implementation at best, and I certainly didn't see 
a whole school or district moving forward as a result of this program. I was involved with the TIPM project for quite a few years. I saw a lot of things. I learned about math from the other colleagues that came together, and I learned a lot too from them. But I also had time to reflect on the process. How did I want to present these courses? How did I want to deliver the professional development? Could we do this somehow better? From my own practice, I saw a few major problems with the TIPM project. The first was that I really wanted to do more to move into the whole moving the whole district forward. While helping individual teachers was effective, I again took a more strategic po- approach. What if we could do for what 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 if we could for the cost of sending one teacher to an amazing training that would ultimately only really impact one classroom bring this to a district level and have consultants come to the school so the whole district could learn and implement strategies through coaching this was the inception of our specialized training series which we call today m cubed which stands for molding math mindsets but at the same time, we could just call our, at that time when we first developed it, we really just called it um, our math initiative, or we referred to these schools as our project schools. Though it varied by school, my goal was to get schools to commit to work with us for three or four years in order to really create sustainable change. For every day of professional development that was delivered, it would be followed up by a day of job embedded coaching that would be completely customized. I might start by just observing to get to know the district while coming up with an analytical plan. I might do one-on-one coaching with every single staff member where I could model screeners, administrations, number talks, solving problems with CPA. Maybe I could do a cluster coaching where I spent two or three hours with a block of teachers from one grade level to model a variety of strategies that we could learn about, learn together. Maybe it could be all of the above. Another major problem I saw with TIPUN was there was so many topics being covered at once. I wanted to slow down the process in order to make really good change happen. What if we could take the whole year to learn about one topic, get good at it, and solidify the implementation before we moved to another topic? The final issue I saw was that through TIPUM, individual teachers had built their skills and had the support and were fully implementing and showing success. But when we started to look vertically from kindergarten all the way to fifth grade, it honestly was a disjointed mess. Every teacher had a different way of doing things in their classroom. Different strategies, different vocabulary, different kids um, were getting to fifth grade thoroughly confused, in my opinion. We also really wanted, when we looked at the TIPM project, to really try to see how they could relate it back to their everyday math series. And that was also that issue of how in the presentations with people teaching multiple math series, how could we get them to feel comfortable to implement that into every day? My solution to these problems was to have teachers focus on one concept for the year, maybe just model drawings and actually get really good at it to the point where they could apply it to the district purchased math series. They could blend it in. We could help them use these strategies they were teaching and not just the one and done six hour workshop, but through systematic implementation with modeling and the journal, maybe having a journal for every student to help them become strong in the area. Over time, these ideas came together to be the M cubed or M to the third power series as it is today. It's a systematic plan for school districts to adopt that will infuse change into the whole school. 
I also wanted to use the consultants that work for strategic intervention solutions that could be an expert in a variety of the content areas, which is ideal as they're implementing these strategies in the classroom. We worked with a lot of at-risk schools at that time. Many of the consultants I had working had dual degrees in general education and special education, or at one time were a Title I interventionist, which gave them a very different lens to look through and view things, and also having a multitude of different grade levels that they were teaching. My approach to this math initiative was just like the approach with my special education students, strategic. I tried to break it down into digestible pieces because I knew from the experience that teachers were already overwhelmed. Teachers are asked to jump on all kinds of bandwagons at one time, new science, new writing, new ELA, new ideas left and right, and then they are held accountable on their evaluations when students don't perform. I think that is so unfair. Think about a doctor or think about any other skilled trade or profession. Imagine giving engineers at Ford even just 10 new ideas to implement on their design tomorrow with warning that if the car doesn't run, they can get fired. That would be ridiculous and unreasonable. Let's make it even more challenging and give them 25 different cars that they have to get running with all their new ideas. That's what it's like in the classroom. Each student is different and has a different set of challenges to overcome. Kids don't fit into a perfect mold, and yet we're still asked to apply new ideas to our students as if they're all the same. We want to be very strategic in how we're implementing new ideas so teachers feel comfortable and safe. Throughout our projects, we end up doing what's called reverse coaching. Once we've developed trust and rapport with teachers so they feel comfortable with us in their classrooms, we get to watch them teach. After they come to us and ask questions like, why isn't this working the way I'm doing it? What am I doing wrong? How can I help these kids better? The good news is, is that they have a coach on site with them to help make the changes they need right away way. Teachers have really been impacted by this series. I have worked with teachers who have told me that they've worked for 20 years and they've never had anyone stand by their side and support them along the way to help them feel successful in what they're doing. I've had teachers who have told me they were looking forward to my workshops. I've even had one teacher that came up to me after a six-hour workshop and said, please, Shannon, take this as a compliment. I didn't grade one page of my papers today. I love seeing the success of teachers and ultimately whole schools that feel comfortable enough to be able to continue on their own after our contract ends. But more than that, I love being able to help the change the perspective on math and math math instruction. Of course, not every teacher is 100% on board, but I always try to think about working with the top 80 If the top 80% of the teachers we work with can understand where we're going and what we're doing, the other 20% can be the birds on the wire, squawking if all I care. Eventually they'll join or they won't, but I've spent my time where I can make the most impact. We now have M3 schools that have been working with us for the past years and we've been able to have we spread from schools not just in Wayne County in the area where I live to now having schools all over the state of Michigan that are really committed to seeing the change and, re- and seeing tremendous results. Kids that started in kindergarten are now in third grade and we've seen some incredible improvements on our state tests. Our One of our at-risk districts had about 17% of their students 
proficient on our state test in third grade. Last year, after these kids have been through the M3 series for since kindergarten, they increased to 45% of the kids proficient. Another one of our school district that isn't as at risk, but still was at 45% of their kids proficient, this year came in at 90 or 69% proficient. In some schools, 96% of our kindergarten students that have been through the numeracy training are now showing a year's growth in a year's time compared to only 57% of those kids showing a year's growth in a year's time before the training. That's profound, right? These numbers are what really drive me because they represent the impact that we're having on kids, the purpose behind what we do. It's not about the fluff. It's not about the cuteness, but it's about putting theory into practice. In addition to developing strategic plans for schools, another important component was a strategic support that worked through the product line. I never thought I'd have a warehouse in my house and ship out different products to people all over the United States, but that's what happens. We developed a number of different kinds of kits, from numeracy kits to number sense, model drawing, to go along with our training so that you can have different types of books and manipulatives available in the store. Early on, I partnered with SDE, who at the time had a publishing company called Crystal Springs Book. That company went out of business, but we were able to keep the books out there because I actually inherited a lot of the resources that went with the math trainings that I'd been doing at staff development for educators such as Singapore Math, as well as books known by Kristen Hilty, Eliza Thomas-Sort, and even our very own Jana Haskamp. Though it didn't start that way through strategically filling needs that we saw, the M3 series has become a one-stop shop for math instruction in elementary, from professional development to coaching to the right tools, parent education, which we talked about last week, and now adding on curriculum blending pieces. Administrators have a whole menu of options that we can use to bring about systematic change in our districts. Challenges. Of course, there are always challenges. With my strategic mindset, I am always meet them head on. One of the challenges we faced while creating the systematic pros to math instruction in schools is that teachers saw it as Shannon's math versus regular math. That, they, that came from their district purchase book. We work with eight different math series, but we don't cater to any of them because honestly, I wouldn't use a book if I was teaching in the classroom. Teachers really wanted to do Shannon's math, but I wasn't going page by page through their book. I was really focusing on the areas where kids struggle, such as number sense and so on. So they had trouble seeing how it all fits together. I had to figure out a way to make it more digestible for teachers to help them to be able to see the strategies we're teaching and are really implementing and embedding them into every day practice. Our answer, we created units of study that could integrate the important pieces that we were doing in our training and teachers on a daily routine. Check out our recent vlog series for more information on the curriculum design work that we did. It was truly an incredible experience, and I'm watching it for myself being implemented this year. Another challenge was that teachers didn't learn math the way I was teaching them to teach math. If you practice something over and over, it becomes a habit, which is hard to break. For teachers in math, 
it becomes almost a phobia. These new strategies like partial sums, compensation, they're a foreign language for teachers that are struggling or maybe they feel ignorant. Why can't they just teach it the traditional way, the way we, way, the way they, the, the way that, you know, I learned it. They wail telling me that, right? But we have to understand that our students are living in a very different time where innovation is the future, not just regurgitation. The old strategies of memorization truly won't work. They have to learn to think. This is partly why I call the math training series Molding Math Mindsets. In order to be successful, I need to really mold the mindset of the teachers first. So I could get them to implement the new strategies and come on board with things that are necessary in the classroom for the 21st century. With the help of Kathleen Whitney, one of our amazing consultants for many years and a very dear friend, we came to the realization that for teachers, math is only a small part of what they deal with on a daily basis. With every going, everything going on with them, no wonder teachers can't seem to remember the strategies I've explained 18 times already. Add that to the fact that one of the strategies might have nine different names in its lifetime, and we ultimately decided we need to figure out a way to make new strategies more memorable for teachers and more fun for students. This is the seed for which our Math Might characters grew. If I hadn't gone to lunch at Potbelly's with Connor one day, Math Mights may not exist as we know them today. While we were there, I found an ad in the bulletin board advertising Johnny's tunes available for characters, artwork, etc. I thought it might be fun to get characters for the kids one day, so I took his information and decided to call just to see what happened. At first, I asked John to experiment with doing an avatar for me and a logo so I could get an idea of his work. He delivered the logo you are now familiar with, which feels much more of a representation of what we do than our old one. Happy with his work, I scheduled a meeting to talk with him about the potential work we could do together. I started to explain that I really wanted to come up with artwork that could help kids to really understand some of the math practices like decomposing. And he says to me in our meeting, I know what you're talking about. How how ironic is that an artist I just connected with has been actually had already just worked on with Apple to create an app called Zombie Fish where kids actually decompose numbers. I described to him how I needed to find something that would help kids get excited about learning math strategies. That number one wouldn't have to be conditional on eight different math programs that we were working with, and two would be would you know really carry students from first grade through middle school. You can read more about the development of math mites on our blog. As SIS for teachers expanded, finding really great people to replicate the work that we've been doing was a challenge. We needed people that were looking to make the journey of education, an edu- of educator to entrepreneur, and were comfortable assuming the risks that come with it, but that also has just the right amount of experience in education. We are fortunate to have built a stellar team at, with the consultants at SIS. Kathleen Whitney is really my right-hand woman. She has watched me present so many times that as soon as I start to think about getting an item to present, she's already handing it to me. But she still laughs at all the same jokes that she's heard five times over. Kathleen is able to connect with our teachers on a personal level that allows her to be such an incredibly effective coach. She's been with us for the longest. She's an integral part of the success of SIS, and I really don't know what I would do without her. Tiffany Eller joined us most recently from Texas, and we were excited to have Jana Haskamp come to do some work with us as well. I always 
I also really wanted um, someone that could really specialize in middle school um, and, and really in high school. And so my friend Eliza Sort Thomas referred me to Pat Baltzley, who is one of our current middle school and high school consultants. Pat's, Pat's background in curriculum writing and all the experiences that she brings to the table is such an asset to our team. A good challenge I had come I had come when I realized that my business was expanding is I was needing needing help to run it. I went through a few assistants before Laura joined our team, but I'm so thankful for her. She is in our office every day handling all the behind scenes such as billing, taking orders um, that I really don't enjoy doing. We also have Sherry who's on our, who joined our team, um, a few years ago. And even though we've never actually met in person, she manages our website and some of our social media and also coordinates the blog and some of our other publications. Having Laura and Sherry on the team has helped move SIS forward because I can spend more time on my craft and the things I love, like my family and less times on things I don't love like billing and websites looking to the future. You never know what door could open if you don't try to open it and see what's on the other side. A door might close or it might open, but I know that if I didn't push some of those doors open myself, I wouldn't be where I am today. But now that I'm here, what is the future of strategic intervention solutions? As I look at the five freedoms of Susan Susan's clients talking about, one of the things we talked about in our interview is that I haven't exactly earned back my time freedom. Being a business owner, an entrepreneur, a full-time presenter, author, innovator, a, a mom, and a recently remarried wife, I love every single day of my life, but there are still a lot of things competing for my time. In the future, I'd love to have more freedom of time and build more of an online library of resources. I would love for educators to be able to go to my website and say they're teaching fractions. They would be able to click on a short video that would help them to understand Legos with fractions or fraction tiles in their classroom. They could click on it that morning. Even though coaching takes a big chunk of my time, I never want to get away from the side-by-side, shoulder-to-shoulder work with teachers. There's nothing more powerful than being on the job in the midst of the chaos, learning together as we work with different kids. As far as publications, I would love to do more in the area of model drawings, defining them with anchor charts, getting journals into classrooms, having answer keys available. I'd love to be able to build model drawing skills and professional I mean, use professor barbell the problem solving math might might be making a, a new appearance in the near future our math might line will also continue to grow we have been working with john to create some really exciting things although he's now working for a different company before he left he started to help us create an adorable little animated videos and we also have some tutorial video, videos that are in the final stages of production that will help to make the ideas come alive. Mathmite swag will be coming soon, adorable pencil toppers, amazingly soft teachers, t-shirts, dice for different strategies. Great things are on the horizon, so stay tuned.